Good morning, everybody. Yes, so we've had such a wonderful time of worship. We just want to do that and go home. Isn't that nice? Yeah. But yet, I do have a word for you, uh, which I'm going to share. And um, with the grace of God and the help of God, I might be able to do that. Yes, so the title of my word today is uh, Being uh, a Witness and a Servant. A Witness and a Servant. A witness is someone. Uh, a man or a woman, someone who testifies to what they have experienced personally. That's a witness. And a servant is someone who focuses on pleasing his or her master. So that's, that's the title, but it's also going to tie in with what happened after Jesus' resurrection. So let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you, O God, that Jesus whom we serve, is risen and alive, and is alive in each one of us, and you are present with us today, O God. And as we, I bring this word, Father, I present this word to you, God. Father, that you would take this word and give your people who are sitting under the hearing of this word a hope, O God, a hope, and Lord, there is, would be a purpose in their lives, O God. Lord, that there would be power in their lives because your word is power. Your name is power, O God. So if we commit this to you in Jesus' name and pray that, O God, that your word would accomplish what it wants to accomplish in each one of our lives, O God. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to read to you from Acts chapter 1, verses um, 1 to 5. Dear Theophilus, in my first book, I told you about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he ascended to heaven after, going, after giving his chosen apostles uh, uh, further instructions from the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. On these occasions, he talked to them about the kingdom of God. In one of these meetings, as he was eating a meal with them, he told them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you what he promised. Remember, I have told you about this before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the words that Jesus spoke, and he spoke to them, appearing to them from time to time. Jesus proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, that Jesus was actually alive. That is about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there were two witnesses, the two guards, the two men who were posted at the tomb. They were witnesses to what happened. They were witnesses to the resurrection. They were witnesses to the angels that came and rolled the stone away. So the, when they went to the temple authorities to tell them that Jesus had risen and this is what had happened, the authorities told them, don't tell this to anybody. Don't talk about this to anybody. Just be quiet about it. We will, we will tell them that in the night when you were asleep, now they were guards, they were not supposed to be asleep in the, on the job, but we will just tell them that you were asleep and the disciples came and stole the body away. We'll pay you some hush money. If you're in trouble, we look after you. And that's what they did to these witnesses. So that, that's what they went. You know, that's what we were told. But Jesus was around for 40 days after his resurrection. 
Because in, 40, in those 40 days, he, he appeared to so many people and to show them that he was alive and there would be no questions regarding the resurrection. So he, 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 he appeared to the witnesses that he appeared to. He, first he appeared to the women who went to, uh, to Mary Magdalene, who went to see and to take the body. She wanted to embalm the body with oils. And there she, he showed himself and she thought he was the gardener. And then she realized it was Jesus. Later on, Jesus showed himself to the disciples. They were in the upper room. There were eight, eight of them. Judas was no more. And there was Thomas who was not there at that time. He showed himself to those eight people. And they saw in the disciples and they saw him. And then eight days later, Jesus again shows himself to the disciples. Now this time Thomas was there. And he says to Thomas, come Thomas, come. You know, you didn't, re you didn't believe. Here I am. Touch my hands. See me. I am alive. So he showed them. And then Luke, uh, Luke writes in his uh, gospel and he says, while the two, two of his followers were walking to, to their home in Emmaus, Jesus joined them. He talked to them. He walked with them, and he went into their house, and he broke bread with them when they realized it was Jesus. There, there he was. Then once again, the disciples, you know, they had, you know, it's 40 days. There are so many days. They are, they are just waiting. They don't know what's going on. They are scared. They're waiting. And one day they said, let's go fishing. That's what they know to do. That, that's what they, they went fishing. And there they were fishing. And in the night they'd caught nothing. And they're coming back in the morning. And there was a fire burning on the beach. And there was someone. And then they realized it was Jesus. And he called them. And he spoke to them. And there was a miracle once again where with the fish. And they saw him and they came and they said it is our master and they had breakfast with him. There it was, another occasion. And then there are, occasion, there are occasions both uh, Mark and Matthew both record in their gospels. Matthew talks about the great commission where Jesus came and he talked to them and he said go into all the world and preach the gospel. Preach the gospel share and ask them so that people who believe in me ask them to obey my words and live. You know, he asked them, and then Mark, Mark says that he, start, he, he states that go and share the good news. Go and share the good news with everybody, the gospel. So there were so many witnesses to the, to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so in the scripture that we, that we just read now, he commanded the, the disciples to stay. He said, don't leave Jerusalem because they were Galileans. They should go back home. But he said, don't leave Jerusalem. Stay. Stay for a while because remember, I promised you something. I want you to have something more, something that you didn't have before. You see, all this time, until he called them as his disciples and until he was with them, until the crucifixion, he was with them. He was with them everywhere they went. He was there. And whatever happened in their lives, he was there with them. And so it's my paraphrase. It's my you know, reading into it. He'd say to Peter, Peter, remember your mother-in-law was sick. And therefore, you know, remember we went there and I prayed over her and she was healed. Remember, Peter, once they asked you for the temple tax and you didn't have any money. And I said, go and, you know, catch a fish and the first fish that you catch there'd be a coin in it pay the tax for me and for you you know remember that Peter and you know he was reminding them of everything and remember the time there were crowds there was thousands of people following us and we were out in the wilderness and they were hungry and I wanted to feed them and we fed them you know what did we have just five you no know, two loaves and five fish or you know the other way around whatever you know we fed them we fed them we fed them 
Remember that? And what about the time you were on the boat in a storm in the Lake of Galilee and you were so scared? And I came and I calmed the storm. I was there. I was there. But now I'm going to my father. Now I'm going to my father. Therefore, I want you to have something that you didn't have before. And I want you to be my witness to to you, uh, in Judea, in Samaria, and all over the world. Wherever you go, I want you to be my witness. So this is why he said, he said, you tarry, tarry for a little while until, until I, I send you the um, promised comforter. He talked to them in the upper room about a comforter that will come, and he said, wait. And so we know, when we, we, because we have read the book, that on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. So the thing is, as Pentecostals, and you know, they spoke in other tongues and everything like that. But as Pentecostals and as Pentecostal churches, we believed that the Holy Spirit came and we were given the, the power to speak in other tongues. And that is true. And you know that, and we, God speaks through us. But the real reason that the Holy Spirit, the Father sent the Holy Spirit, is that the disciples would be witnesses to the resurrection and the power of the resurrection. That was the reason that the Holy Spirit was sent at that time. So that when, then when we read the book of Acts, we know that when they were baptized, these people who were timid became so powerful. So now I want to just uh, also highlight to you that the power that Jesus, uh, that was given to them and was given so that they would speak with authority and conviction that Jesus was alive. So disciples, what happened to them? Disciples had been hiding after the night of Jesus' arrest. So it was the evening of the resurrection, um, and there they were. And it was a kind of a difficult time for them. There was tension in the room. They didn't know what was going on. There was fear because they don't know what the authorities would do to them. At the same time, there was a a faith that was in their heart because the women had said, you know, we, we saw Jesus, Jesus spoke to us. P Peter and John ran to the tomb and the tomb was empty. There was the clothes there. And then they perhaps remembered what Jesus had already talked to them about, that, you know, this is what will happen to me, and in three days I will arise. So there was uh, this, this, this uh, anticipation. There was a little hope arising in their hearts, a faith arising in their hearts at this time. And now, you know, they are just wondering, you know, what's going to happen to us? What, what is it be? So there was faith and fear. So have you, in your personal life, have had occasions where, you know, you had faith in God. One, on one end, yes, you know, I trust God. God will come through for me. On the other end, there was fear. You know, you just don't know. You just don't know what's going to happen. And there's fear. And so this is the uh, position that the disciples were in. So I'm going to read to you from John chapter 20, verses 19 and 20, that says, that evening... On the first day of the week, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he held out his hands for them to see, and he showed them his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Jesus spoke peace to all their fears. Today the same Jesus comes to each one of us and he says, peace be to you. He whispers, you know, whatever situation you're in, whatever you're going through, I understand. I see you. I hear you. I am there. I am there. I speak my peace. I speak my peace. 
So that is one of the things that he wants us to know, that he is there for us, that he is there for us. So from the, uh, from the few witnesses that we have talked about, I have something that I want to, I have five points that I want to share with you that will help you and it, has, it will help me also to live this life as we go on, to live as witnesses for Jesus and to be able to understand what he did for us. So Jesus showed up, number one. Jesus didn't sh shout his love from heaven, he showed his love on earth. So he today he does the same by bending low to hear and to you know to hear our voice, to hear our cry, to hear our prayer. He he hears. He's there. He will show up for you. He will show up for you. He hears you. He will show up for you. Never doubt. Never doubt. It might be not immediately, but as you wait upon the Lord, he knows. He knows the perfect timing. He knows the perfect timing. When he went to the grave and they were gone, the disciples perhaps thought, no more. What are we going to do? You know, they were afraid. But Jesus showed up. Jesus showed up. He will show up for you. And then Jesus also comforted the brokenhearted. He comforted the women. He comforted them, and he showed them that he was there, and he, he spoke to them. Instead of, uh, you know, being crook with his disciples because they did not really, you know, understand what he, you know, what he had talked to them about, he was not frustrated about, um, about, uh, for, because they didn't understand. He was there for them. He showed himself to them. He was there for them. He showed himself to Thomas because he eased Thomas's doubts. He, sp he spoke words of life and peace. And today the Savior still has grace for our questions. Whatever questions, whatever your confusion is, he has grace for you. You know, he doesn't get angry that we don't, you know, we, we, we are, you know, we feel so, we feel like we have no faith or, you know, I'm not, not, not as, you know, strong as somebody else or anything like that. No. He understands us. He has grace. He has grace. Grace untold. Grace unmerited. He has grace for every situation. He is far more patient with, our, with us than we are with others. You know, he, he loves us. And he still draws near to us when we are brokenhearted. So if you are brokenhearted, if there is pain in your heart, cry to him. Cry to him. Talk to him. He will draw near to you. He will draw near to you. And number three, Jesus redeems mistakes. So before the crucifixion, Peter denied knowing Jesus three times. Later, we see Jesus restore Peter by asking him three times if he loves him and instructing Peter to care for the flock. Even though Peter stumbled in his faith, it didn't cancel his identity. And I just want us to remember that. You know, once you are given your life to God, you are a child of God. And your identity is in Christ. It's not in who, you know, what you do or what you don't do. It's not in the mistakes that you have made and therefore you feel, look, I have no hope. No. Jesus is there for you. He is there to restore you. He is there to redeem you. And, you know, we can trust that God's power is made perfect in our weakness. Amen. When we are weak, he is strong. When we are weak, he is strong. He is the Jesus who lives in you and he lives in me. Amen? Amen. What a powerful God we serve. Yeah. And then number four, Jesus modeled community. From breaking bread with the two on the road to Emmaus and to preparing the breakfast on the beach, you know, he modeled community. Jesus, when he walked on the earth, he had time for people. He stopped for people. He stopped for people. He cared for people. As his followers, we are called to intentionally serve people in your family, in your church, 
in your workplace, in the cities that we live in. You know, that is what we are asked to do. That is how we witness. That is how we witness. It's not, you know, we are not asked to preach. We are not asked to, you know, expound the word and say this and, you know, all the theology, none of that. We just live Jesus. We live his love. We live his word in whatever situation you are in. Whatever. That's what I love about Christianity is that we can live Jesus wherever we are. See, lots of religions teach us how, you know, good things. Lots of religions teach good things. Uh, you know, moral standards, good, good living, lots of religion. But Christianity is the only one who not only teaches us, but gives us, the, gives us the power through the risen Christ. When we invite Christ into our hearts, he gives us the power to live that life that we are being called to do. So it's, it's equal to anybody and everybody. It's wonderful that all of us can live as Jesus wants us to live because he is there with us and he will enable us to do that. Amen? So let us model. Let us model community you know and that's that's a beautiful thing that is a beautiful thing you know it doesn't you know stop in your day and think you know what did I do it might have been just a smile just you might have lifted a parcel <laughs> for somebody you might have done something very little but everything is 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 uh, important in the way that you present Christ because that is exactly what you have done you have loved others you have cared for others you have showed what it is to be as a Christian and I mean God is there to help us through community and number five Jesus instructed and empowered his disciples right before Jesus ascended into heaven he told his followers to go and make disciples of every nation Go and make disciples of every nation. With these instructions, we are called to live every day looking for opportunities to share the gospel. We are asked to live every day just looking for opportunities to share the gospel in love. It's love. It's, it's just loving people. You know, we love God and we love people. That's the simple thing about the gospel. And when we do that, we do that well, we share Christ with others. We don't have to even speak words. We live that well, and that is possible. Amen? So, so we read from Acts 26 and verse 16. This is after Paul's conversion. You know, when we know Paul and who Paul was before and see the conversion and the change that happened in his life, that is a good example for us and gives us hope. It gives us hope that God can do great things even through all of us. Amen? So here he writes, Paul, you know, Paul standing, I think, uh, in, in front of the authorities, King Agrippa, he says, now I, this is what I heard Jesus say to me, he says. He stares, shares his testimony. Now I stand Stand up, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and my witness. You are to tell the world about the experiences and about other times I will appear to you. So this was the instruction given to Paul. You be a, you be a witness to what I have done in your life and you be my servant. And you talk about it to other people. So, and that is how Paul you know, he started writing letters, and wherever he went, this is the hope I have. You know, this is who I was before, and this is what Christ has done for me. And this is what he encouraged people with. And that's the letters that he has written in the Bible. So many letters of the, that gives us uh, the teaching that we need to follow Christ's ways of living in life. And he encouraged us, and we are called to do the same. We encourage one another. We see these things. We, we talk to one another. We build one another up. 
And we encourage people to say, you know, this is how God has done this for me. And he is able to do that for you too. And we have the word which we stand on. And the word is truth. And the word will set us free. Amen? Amen. So the value of a witness depends on how close they are to an event when it has happened. And what they observed, uh, that is what really gives uh, value to a witness. And so we read from John, John, the first John, sorry, first John chapter one. Um, let me get it. Yeah, so we read from first John chapter one, verses one and two. Yeah. The one who existed from the beginning is the one we have heard and, ha and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is Jesus Christ, the word of life. This one who is life from God was shown to us, and we have seen him. And now we testify and announce to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was shown to us. So John writes with such confidence now. He says, look. I'm writing to you because I have seen him. I have been with him. I have touched him. I have done, you know, I've done all these things with him. And that is how I, I can share with you. And today we are also, you know, what is your testimony? What is your testimony? What has God done for you in your life? I'm sure for every one of us there is something that, we, that God has done. And he's doing every day. And he's able to do what he said he would do. So what is our testimony? Can we testify to that? Can we, can we with assurance, with authority and with power say this is what God has done for me and therefore I am who I am. God has brought me so far and I know he will take me further. And that is our testimony and John testifies to this. Have you heard the old saying that says you become uh, like the person that you hang around with? You know, uh, you are like those who, that you hang around with. And if you hang around with Jesus long enough, you will be like Jesus. So that is, my, that is my encouragement. How do we hang around with Jesus? Number one, we read the word. We know what, what the word says. Number two, we pray. We talk to Jesus. Number three, we are in fellowship. We are in fellowship with each other. When we hang around with each other, you know, we rub our, um, rub our rough ends off uh, from each other. And, you know, we can love and we can serve and we can, you know, we can tolerate each other. We can understand each other. <laughs> we can do all those things because we hang around each other. And that is, that is how we learn to grow and we, we, we become more and more like who Jesus wants us to be. So we keep good company. So be, be, be the good company. So when you spend time with Jesus each day, others will be influenced by your life. There will be people who will be influenced by your life. You know, you know that in your own life, there are people who have influenced you. You know, there are people that you have looked up to. There are people who have been an example to you, and you have been blessed by them. I know in my life, there have been so many people. I was thinking of this morning and praying and I'm just thanking God, you know, starting off, you know, so many people, so many people. And I've been here so long that, you know, through the years, you know, you, you, people have come and gone and everybody has something good. Everybody has something valuable. Everybody has something that we learn from, even from the mistakes that we make. There's something that you, and you know, it seems hard when things go wrong, when things are difficult, when we are faced with challenges. But even in those times, there's something that we have learned and something that has helped us grow to be stronger, more mature Christians than we were uh, so many years back or even so many months back. You know, that is how we grow. So, uh, 
uh, as a servant, a servant focuses on doing his master's will. So who is your master? Who is your master? Who is your master? I, I want to read from Matthew chapter 20 and verses 25 to 28. But Jesus called them together and said, You know that in this world kings are tyrants, and officials lord it over the people beneath them. But among you it would be quite different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came here not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. I think Jesus demonstrated servanthood more than anybody else, the best way. And he said, I came, you know, to give my life so that I would, you know, we would have eternal life. You know, he humbled himself. He humbled himself to the point of death that he gave his life. And we are called to serve him. We are called to be servants. Servants is something that, you know, someone who focuses on what his master wants to do. So we focus on what God wants us to do and how he wants to do it and when he wants to do it. It's not, you know, what, what I want to do, but what God wants to do for me and what he wants to do with my life and in my life. And again, it's just a daily thing. You get up in the morning and say, Lord, thank you for a new day. I am alive. I'm alive. Who woke me? <laughs> Who woke me? I'm alive. You know, you, yeah. It's not the alarm clock. It's God. It's by the grace of God that we are alive. You put an put an alarm clock in uh, near a dead body, it'll never be <laughs> woken again. But by the grace of God, we are alive every single day. Amen? And so we have, we have this day. We'll never have this day again. 23rd of uh, April, 19, 2023, we'll never come back again. This is the only day we have. Make the best of today. Make the best of today and say, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you that I'm able to hear, be here with my people, with your people, you know, um, sharing fellowship, being in your presence, being able to worship you. Thank you for that, Lord. So make the best of today. And like, you know, what you want me to do? You know, who am I going to say hello to today? Who will I, you know, who will I ask, can I make you a cup of tea? Who will I, who will I get to know today? What will I do, Father? You know, at the end of the day, when you go back, you go satisfied. You go happy because it's a fulfilling day to be in God's presence, to be in God's plan each day. Go to work. Be the best worker you can. Do the best. You know, there might be injustices. That's okay. God is with you. And you say, Lord, I'm serving you. I'm not serving my, my, my earthly master. I'm serving you. So let me do, be the best worker I want to be. Lord, in my community, what can I do? Is there a good word? Is there something? Can I say, how are you today? Or good morning to somebody, whatever. You know, just, you know, let me be what you want to be. So at the end of the day, you will be a contented person. You would be a happy person. Because even in the smallest way in the smallest way I was thinking of this the other day and you know at the end of the day I thought what did I do today a friend of mine rang me and uh, she said look there is some fish that I want to get can you get me some fish so I, I you know, she didn't even say get me the fish she said can you let me know if there's fish available so I went and there was fish available I tried to ring her she didn't pick up the phone so I bought the fish and I went home with it 
And, you know, at the end of the day, I was happy because I did something small. I mean, I just did something small, but it was, it was good. And so this is what I'm saying is, you know, it doesn't have to be mighty things. And, you know, you have, you have done 150 other things, but it's just the little things that you do. The little things, a phone call you answer, a phone call that you help someone with. You know, all these things are what God wants us to do as servants. So how can you serve? How can you serve? How can you be a witness? And this is what God wants us to do. And church, I say, that we will be the best church. We would be the people that are known in this community because who we are. Because who we are. Can we do that? And we know that we can do that, not in my own strength, but because of the Spirit of God that is alive in you and me. God didn't leave us alone after the resurrection, after the ascension, between the resurrection and the ascension. He, he showed us, even through all these examples, through all that, that what happened, that we are going to be his witnesses. So church, be encouraged. Be encouraged in the name of Jesus Christ. And may the peace that he spoke to his disciples as he... As he you met them for the first time, resurrection. Be upon each one of your lives and your home. Remember, each day, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve Jesus with what he has given me. What if I, I take away, you know, a bunch of flowers to somebody, I, I give some vegetables to some, whatever I do with whatever you have, may you serve the Lord in such a beautiful day. And God bless you all in Jesus' name. Amen.